to another episode of the Gen Z Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Shop, and I'm joined as always by Tom Hayes. Tom, how are you? I'm good, and yourself? Yeah, not bad. That's the um, we didn't have any Premier League action this week, but we did have some FA Cup matches that we'll get into oh, later one, on. One Premier League game. Sorry, we had one Premier League game this week, and we, the rest were uh, the rest of the week were taken up by Carabao Cup and FA Cup matches, yes. uh, which we will discuss later on. Um, so this in, is just going to be the new norm, I think, for now. We won't do a main segment. We'll just go through the rundown, results, um, transfer whispers, uh, yes or no, um, and that's a bit of the in-between. But yeah, that is it. So we'll get stuck into it. This week on The Rundown, on Monday, Cristiano Ronaldo surpassed Pelé's goal-scoring record, moving to first all-time, equal with Josef Bichan, a Portuguese footballer, Portuguese-Czech who was based in uh, Czechoslovakia, um, who played in the 1930s on 759 each. One more goal and would put Ronaldo on top. Clear on top. Yeah. Um, I think the more important part that was highlighted the most is that he uh, he passed Pelé, who's been overtaken by Messi and Ronaldo in records in the past two weeks now. Yep. Um, But yeah. Uh, one more goal, he goes top of all time. Uh, moving on, on Thursday, Nuno Espirito Santo was fined £25,000 for criticism of the referee Lee Mason after Wolves' 2-1 defeat to Burnley. Now, Nuno has been known to criticise referees in the past, especially when results don't necessarily go Wolverhampton's way. Um, I think this is fair. Um, yeah. A bit I harsh, mean, but probably fair. Out of... Like uh, this season, especially, we've seen managers get well, not just managers, but you know the games have been able to get under the manager's skin. Uh, we've seen it with Klopp, Pep, now Nuno, who's been probably the worst of of them all at the moment. He he goes off during the matches and then doesn't let them forget about it post match in the interviews. So it's probably where well, where that comes from. Um, but yeah, it's all all together. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the. Uh, if this isn't the last one, you know, I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, I completely times. agree there. Um, I'm just going to not go. just to Nuno to every manager or other managers in the league. Uh, on Thursday, also, it was decided that Tottenham Hotspur will face Manchester City at Wembley for the Carabao Cup or League Cup final. Uh, Pep will be looking to win his fourth in a row of the League Cup and fifth in, fifth in six years. Man City will be going for their fifth in six years. But Pep's going for his fourth in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on. And Tottenham going for their first trophy in... Since 2008. 13 years. Which was also, coincidentally, the League Cup yeah. in 2008. Uh, also, um, during the week, CIES, uh, Football Observatory, listed the top 10 most valuable players. Uh, from bottom to top, we have Kai Havertz, who obviously plays for Chelsea, at 123 Point two million pounds, Raheem Sterling for Manchester City at one hundred and four million pounds, Alfonso Davies um, for Bayern Munich at one hundred and twenty six point two million pounds, João Felix for Atletico Madrid at one hundred and twenty eight point two million pounds, Jaden Sancho for Dortmund at one hundred and thirty four point five million pounds, Kylian Mbappe at PSG for one hundred and thirty five point four million pounds. Uh, Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United for £136.9 million. Trent Alexander-Arnold 
at Liverpool for 137.4 million pounds. Erling Haaland at Dortmund for 137.8 million pounds. And at top, Marcus Rashford for Manchester United at 150.1 million pounds. Uh, interesting that four out of the ten players listed are English, and five out of the ten play in the Premier League. Yep. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the factors that go into these values. There's quite a few. Um, main one, obviously, being the age. You, the, most of the players there are primarily younger players. Um, they have their, their book value, which is just based off performances. Um, their competition level, which they're all top flight, I'm fairly sure of. Uh, their results and how they perform in those matches. Their achievements, so trophies, individual awards, uh, match performances, uh, experience within the leagues, international status, their length of their contract, and their position of the field. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. There you do go. So, yeah, uh, putting all those factors together, you, that's probably the list you'd end up with. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, also, something kind of special that happened during the week um, on... During the week, last week, I think, actually. Um, be, it was rare, as in um, something that well, I don't think I've ever seen before, yeah. um, especially at a top level. Um, a third-generation player, so oh, yes. grandson, father, and then the son, um, or grandson, yep. uh, played, and that was Daniel Maldini started his first Serie A game against Juventus, happened to be AC Milan's First loss in Syria in quite a while. But nevertheless, he becomes the third Maldini or third generation Maldini to play for AC Milan's first team in Syria, or its equivalent, um, with Cesar Maldini playing 347 games, scoring three goals from 1945 to 1966, as well as managing the club uh, in 1972 to 74 and in 2001. Uh, then the probably most famous Maldini, Paolo Maldini, Played 647 games, scoring 26 goals for the club from 1984 to 2009. And now his son, Daniel, who's already played six games and only one of them being a Serie A game. And if the trend continues, you can expect him to score, uh, to play um, 900 games, probably. They seem to go up in that Sorry. kind of 300 increment. Um, one thing I would add is they kind of played the same position, which is kind of also rare, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do suppose. Um, but yeah, that makes it, did you mention that was their thousandth appearance Yeah. for their, their family? Um, yeah, so that's very, something that is very rare, I suppose. Um, you don't see that every day. No. Like, don't see it every, every You don't year, see it every year, every decade, decade, or maybe every third generation, some would say. Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, something else that I thought was both hilarious and pretty, uh, pretty good uh, Aston Villa, when they played their uh, game against Liverpool in the FA Cup, started a pretty young team, and the star of the match for Aston Villa was the debutant uh, Louis Barry, who scored Villa's only goal in their 4-1 loss to Liverpool. Um, after the match, he gave his match uh, debutant match slash um, debutant goal, goal um, for Villa shirt away um, to Fabinho. And then Dean Smith called him an idiot and said, go back and get it. He did, and he was able to keep uh, Fabinho shirt as well. But yeah. I think some exciting things to come from him. Yeah, and they showed a lot of poise, that whole team. being able, They were 1-1 one, one at half time, um, so they are definitely well in that game. We'll probably mention 
a couple of those games in the results. But yeah, uh, unfortunately for them, it was pretty much a mirror image of the year before when Liverpool had to face their under-20s and then the COVID struck Villa's team. Uh, their training centre was shut down and everything and they had to play their under-23s and their under-18s all, all in one, <laughs> one yeah. little glove. So. Um, just some other quick things to go through. Uh, Arsenal have taken out a £120 million loan mm. um, to ease cash flow issues, the club says, uh, due to COVID-19. It's a bit concerning. First major club to do that. So. Yeah. Um, it could end up pretty bad. I can just yeah. think of things. But I think it's more gonna... of just a, a safety thing, but, yeah, you, but we don't really know I don't think we should... Well, on it at the moment, a uh, bit of another bit of happier news. Uh, Schalke escape a full year, full calendar year, without a win. Uh, with without a f- escape, sorry, yeah, they, escape they got a win. Um, they win were risking um, going into this match, um, having a full calendar year without a win um, yep. in the Bundesliga, defeating Hoffenheim 4 0. This now keeps them in their 17th place with a negative 27 goal difference. Uh, Erling Haaland has now scored 25 goals in his first 25 Bundesliga games for Dortmund. Uh, now a new league record. Jet. Jet. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has now scored 15-plus goals in 15 consecutive seasons since 2006-2007. Um, and Lionel Messi has now scored 10-plus goals in the last 15 consecutive seasons. And that was... Think, oh, that that Haaland one. Yeah. That's... Very impressive. I think so. Thinking that he, as well, he's just come back from injury. That was his first game back from injury, and he scored a brace to get that record. Well, you're obviously not going for the record, but coming back from injury, first game back, scoring a brace. I think yep. it just shows what type of character he is. Indeed. And that was the rundown. So for the results this week, we had one Premier League match, which we'll just quickly get out of the way. Southampton defeated Liverpool 1-0, halting uh, Liverpool going ahead in the league, uh, which opens the door wide open for Manchester United, uh, which I'm super stoked about. <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah, I'm happy about it too. Um, yeah, I think it showed that game showed a lot of weaknesses in that Liverpool side and a lot of strengths in the Southampton side, I suppose, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and none of us got any tips for that one because I tipped a draw and you tipped a Liverpool win. So the tally stays the same. I'm on 158 and Ryan's on 136. Uh, we talked about the Carabao Cup in the rundown, so we'll just move straight on to the FA Cup. Uh, in For the Premier League, we have 13 teams uh, advanced to the fourth round. There's West Ham play Newport County tonight. Yeah. Uh, ooh, geez, that's a bit odd order. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, Villa played Liverpool. Um, yeah, so, oh, I can just... I'll read out the Premier League winners and you can go through the other fixtures. If yeah. You, yeah, so Liverpool, Wolves, Everton, Sheffield United, Burnley, Fulham, Leicester City, Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, Manchester City, Tottenham and Brighton uh, are the Premier League teams that advance. I believe Newcastle, Aston Villa among the losers. Leeds, Leeds also lost. Yeah, there was yeah. a few interesting games, of course. It's not just the Premier League games, but playing the FA Cup. Um, it's open to all uh, semi and professional uh, teams, um, which was shown in one of the matches, which is uh, the end of a fairy tale, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, Luton Town defeated Reading. That was pretty um, probably expected, or it could have gone either way. Norwich City won. That was probably expected. Chorley defeated uh, Derby County two goals to one, and that's a bit of an upset, I'd say, for Derby County. Uh, Wickham defeated Preston. 
probably, yeah. And there's actually a bit of a rivalry between Wickham and Preston, if you didn't know. Not many people probably do know about it because they're not very big clubs, but there is. Yeah. Um, QPR lost to Fulham, probably... You could see that happening. Yeah. Swansea beat St- uh, Swansea defeated Stevenage. Burnley defeated MK Dons. Um, Sheffield penalties. United got their Burnley went on penalties or extra time. Bur- yeah, they did. They went on penalties. Four yeah, three um, on penalties. One one was the uh, end at the ninety minutes. Um, Sheffield United got their second win of the season. Second. What one was their other? Oh, sorry, their only win so I far. I think that's their first win of the season. I think <laughs> it's also Chris Wilder's hundredth win as manager. Very good. Um, they they were playing Exeter City, but don't overlook the positives, Sheffield United fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Leicester City got over Stoke on a cold, windy night. Um, four actually, nil. quite convincingly, four yeah. nil um, at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium. Um, they're not a sponsor. That's just what the stadium's called. <laughs> Sheffield no, so Wednesday, the other Sheffield teams, good for both sides of Sheffield, got over Exeter City. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, Arsenal won, as was mentioned. Uh, Brentford beat Middlesbrough, defeated Middlesbrough. Plymouth Argyle defeated Huddersfield. Uh, Crowley Town defeated Leeds. That was probably one that wasn't really... I guess. I'd say that's the upset of the, of the round. Probably the upset of the round, I'd say, yeah. And it was um, quite convincingly as well. Crowley Three Town nil. are currently sixth in League Two. Yeah. So yeah, three actually nil. quickly while you go through that, I'll um you do the rest of those. I yeah. just want to Bristol see City what defeated Portsmouth two one, Cheltenham defeated Mansfield Town, Chelsea got another win um against Morecambe. Another win. Well, another win. They have won this season. Yeah. Um against Morecambe, four goals to nil, um, giving some of the young players a start. Manchester City beat Birmingham, as was said before. Barnsley beat Tramie Rovers two nil. And the probably the story of this round, of the third round, was uh, Marine taking on Tottenham Hotspur at Marine, a club which is a semi-pro club in the National League. So if you don't know how the league system works in the UK, and it's very complicated, so I should say England, um, England slash some of Wales, um, the way it works is there are 10 divisions um, of English football. Um, non-professional, semi-professional, and then professional. Um, there are four professional leagues, and you probably know them. They are the Premier League Championship, the EFL League One, EFL League Two, and then you go into the semi-professionals, starting with the National League, and then you go into National League North, uh, National Le- National League East and West, or North and South. No, it's North and South. Sorry, yeah, it's with North South. Um, but the National League is where Marine are. They are a small, small club. 3,000-seater stadium where Tottenham played. Obviously, yeah. no one was there. Um, no. But it's, it was very quintessentially old English, you know, community spirit club, I think. They had, where, you could have fans, like, watching from yeah, their backyard. The they, ball they, boys had to go into people's backyards yeah, ball to get boys, the balls. Yeah, they got a big net and you can see all the houses. I thought, oh, if only they won. Um, and But, you know, to get to... The, this is called the first round proper, really, which is the third round where the actual Premier League teams it's come in. It's a hike to get to that round. It's even. very hard, yeah. especially if you're in the National League. You have to go through many, many... They've already played, I think, five or six games yeah, just to get that. there. Yeah. Um, and so good effort to them. I hope they keep improving and hope they get promoted this year. I don't know where they are in the, their uh, season, um, but I think um, everyone should get on their bandwagon because I yeah. think they have some 
um, good talent, obviously, to get that far. Um, um, Spurs also helped them sell a heap of virtual tickets or virtual seats. I think that's what they were called. They yeah. sold over 30,000. Yeah, because so. um, one thing that was discussed was clubs like this rely on the uh, ticket revenue more than yeah. anything. And yeah, they got the this. And I think they got also that not only the virtual tickets, they got tickets, preemptive tickets to come and watch mm. a game there. Yeah. Um, when the league is allowed to have... Um, or Marine is allowed to have uh, fans back fans, at the stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably all I have to say for that one. Yeah. I'm just looking at this Leeds team against Crawley. They had probably three or four starters in the team and a bunch of under-21s. So they may have underestimated them potentially for a little bit because they did end up bringing on Jack Harrison and Rafinha uh, in the second half pretty much straight away. Um, so, yeah, they ended up with a pretty much... Half strength, yeah. almost full strength. So. I, I'm not going to criticise Marcelo Bielsa because I love him. You know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I wish he'd adopt me. Um, no. Um, I can I was, see... I didn't watch it, so I don't really know who, how they... No, I didn't watch it either. Um, yeah, I, I can see you could say he underestimated them. Although Perhaps. he's a man with the stats and he would have been able to see that they were pretty decent, um, obviously. Um, I mean, any ordinary team can have a you know, 15 minutes of fame and do well in one game. Mm. Um, but I think Marcelo was going, well, this is a good chance to start my under-21s and potentially yeah, he was probably get a result out of it. He was probably eyeing up a few young lads um, yeah. to come into the first team this year or maybe next season yeah. um, anyway and seeing, because well, he's a stats man and, you know, that's what he goes on and he picks people you wouldn't think are any good and then turns them around Um some of which, you know, Luke Ayling, um, half of their team actually at the moment um, that, that made it to the Premier League after things yeah. were pretty much written off um, and he's turned them around with his style of play and the training regiment and stuff they have. Anyway, but I think his job has always been this year to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. He's newly promoted and he's 12th at the moment, the 12th at the moment, which compared to see where the other two teams are that just got promoted and the budget that um, Leeds have compared to the other teams in the Premier League also, you've got to take into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did underestimate their opponents. However, I don't really think he was fussed whether he won or lost this match. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not um, I think sure they you know, actually, want to conserve yeah. all their energy for the Premier League, um, yeah. the next 20 matches or... The game was pretty uh, ahead. The game was pretty like even in terms of how they played possession wise, shot wise. Mm. Um, Crawley had much more set pieces. I think they scored from one or two set pieces. So yeah, oh. but I think it was probably a strategic. Yeah, strategic, oh, it was not probably care. never the plan to play a full strength team against Crawley Town. Yeah, so you don't want any injuries at a low stage. Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah. a big chunk of Premier League games coming up, which we will talk about. Yeah, and, and something that gets um, Leeds have yeah. suffered from in the past, especially in their uh, under Bielsa and Bielsa teams can is fatigue in the later se- later breadths of the league, especially with these first season in charge of. Um, Leeds United, this, uh, their promotion team and promotion season last year, they did quite a bit better. And so maybe, you know, they're a lot fitter now because they're on these, the uh, Bielsa regime and whatnot. And maybe he's just trying to conserve uh, the players as much as possible. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So um, the draw the, ca- oh, the draw for the FA Cup is 
tonight. So we'll talk about that in the next game and the yep. next episode. Sorry. Uh, the and there was not much to happen on the Carabao Cup front besides Tottenham defeated Brentford, which was probably expected, and another Manchester derby with City defeating Manchester United to advance to the Carabao Cup final, which yep. will see Tottenham taking on Manchester City at Wembley, and I think it's fair to say both teams really want to win it. Yep. Um, so I think with that being said, we'll move on to Transfer Whispers. So for Transfer Whispers this week, we have uh, a couple confirmed deals, but on top of quite a few rumours, which we'll get through in due time, um, we may as well just start off with the first confirmed one of the week. We had William Saliba, or Saliba, I'm pretty sure it's Saliba, of Arsenal, uh, being loaned out to Nice in the French League. Um, he's a young centre-back with Arsenal. He's not going to get much game time for the rest of the season, so they may as well loan him out. Uh, and Nice will cover part of his salary, which is good for Arsenal, uh, as they're looking to free up some space on the salary cap. Um, thoughts on that one? Oh, it sounds like a very nice deal. Thought so. <laughs> and then the first and final transfer of this week, uh, Sebastian Allure, or Haller of West Ham uh, completed a permanent deal to Ajax for 25 million euros on a four-and-a-half-year contract. Uh, which is an Ajax club record fee. Uh, and yeah, West Ham bought him from Eintracht Frankfurt in uh, 2019 for 45 million euros. So mm. Ajax usually the one selling the players. Yeah, surprising. Um, well, they, they, if he hits the ground running at Ajax, they have a pretty threatening side. No, they're not in the, not in the um, Champions League anymore, but they'll be, probably have a good run in the uh, Europa League. Now onto the rumours. I'll just go through in uh, chronological order from this week. Uh, Emiliano Buendia of Norwich City has been rumoured to Arsenal, a 24-year-old uh, midfielder, valued at around 16 million euros. However, Norwich would probably ask for more than that, if not double. Uh, Arsenal have shown interest ever since Norwich's relegation, as did a lot of other Premier League clubs. Uh, but they don't have a strategy set yet. Um, for buying places, they're looking to focus on selling or loaning Socrates and Mesut Ozil. Um, next up, we had David Alabar, as we mentioned last week. Uh, Real Madrid are leading the race for his signature. Mm-hmm. Uh, $65 dollar value, uh, sixty-five million yeah. euro value, however it be. Uh, just to go back to Norwich for a second, I- I'm surprised we haven't seen any um, real bids for Todd Cantwell. That is true. He was, I can remember a lot of uh, Norwich players, Max Ahrens, Todd Cantwell, Buendia, those types of players. Yeah. Were I mean, he is a Norwich boy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Alaba. Uh, um, yeah, Alaba. Uh, yeah, Real Madrid still leading the race for his signature. It would be a free, uh, free transfer. Um, but yeah, the talks are progressing with his agent, as is reported. He's going to Chelsea. <coughs> <laughs> we can only wish, or you can only wish, sorry. Uh, Christian Eriksen up next. Uh, Inter Milan, we still we talked about this one last week as well. Inter Milan looking to sell him as well as he is unhappy. I think he actually asked for a transfer out of Milan. Uh, 28-year-old, his value has pretty much halved since he moved there. Uh, Inter are waiting on offers for him, uh, but they haven't received any yet. PSG, West Ham United and Arsenal are the major clubs showing interest in that one. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Um... Needs to get out of there. Yes, he does. Yep. Next up, we have Felipe Anderson, 
who is on loan at Porto from West Ham, and it has been reported that he may return to West Ham after they sold Sebastian Heller to Ajax. Uh, they are in need of a striker or an attacker, and they may be looking at other places in the market, but he seems like the best option at the moment. Uh, AC Milan and Everton are also showing interest in a permanent deal for Anderson uh, to buy him from West Ham, which wouldn't really make any difference to the squad this season as he hasn't played for them. Um, but yeah, thoughts on that one as well? Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> That's all we got. So Danny Rose of Tottenham has been reported by Sky Sports that Trebzonspor of Turkey want to sign him. Um, not much else to say on this one. He's 30 years old and his left back spot has been overtaken uh, by Sergio Regulon, uh, who came in the summer from Real Madrid for 25 million uh, pounds. Uh, he does play often, but not as often as he would probably like. And he's 30 years old. You can probably see him moving on. Um, but I'm not too sure if they, they'd be wanting to get rid of their depth this season. They may be, may be getting rid of him at the end of the season. He's had a few disagreements with uh, Mourinho. Um, yeah. Well, that was documented quite yeah, well in the Amazon the, series. Um, yeah. I don't know. Turkey seems a bit odd, though. Turkey seems like a hot spot right now. When <laughs> we get down to Mesut Ozil, but we'll wait. Next up, we have Socrates Papasdopoulos of Arsenal. Uh, it's reported by Fabrizio Romano that uh, Socrates will have to decide between either Fenerbahce or Genoa. Here we go. Um, yeah, here we go, confirmed. <laughs> uh, 32 years old, isn't playing uh, much of an important role in their starting setup. Uh, 4 million uh, four million euro value just to get a little bit, again, get his wages off the books as they're looking yeah. to do. Not much. A little bit of money in the kitty. Probably yeah, go towards that loan. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, 4 million pounds, 4 million euros is about a packet of crisps at the Emirates. Yeah. yeah. Probably how much it costs to get into a home game. Then. Mm. Uh, and another Arsenal one. And the last one, uh, the last rumour, sorry. Arsenal. Uh, can you say Arsenal? He doesn't really have a team. He's kind of like a football refugee at the moment. Pretty much. Mesut Ozil, uh, who's also linked to Fenerbahce. He's been spending plenty of time in Turkey in the cap- uh, last couple of weeks and it through the new year. Uh, he is of, of Turkish. Turkey. He's of Turkish descent, isn't he? Now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's uh, got talks ongoing with him and his agent uh, to join Fenerbahce. And yeah, it'll be a free transfer, I believe. Are um, they in Ankara or Istanbul? Or are they a different oh, city altogether? No idea. Okay. I'll just say Turkey. <laughs> Big country. Um, That's all right. Oh. And we have a couple ongoing uh, deals just to quickly go. Both Manchester United related. Uh, Ahmad Diallo confirmed he'll join Manchester United in January. He's after. There. Hey? He's already there. Is he there now? Yeah. Well, he's in Manchester. I don't know. If he's not yeah, playing yet. I don't know if he's at the club or anything yet. Um, yeah, after he got his visa and passport sorted, um, it was... Rumoured that he or was, he was asked by Atalanta to stay on loan until the end of the season, uh, but he decided he wants to join Manchester United straight away and stay with them. Also, Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer confirmed that Marcus Rojo and Sergio Romero will not be offered new contracts at the end of the season, uh, pretty much staying there free for the taking. Or I, I've never heard of come. Marcus Rojo, but... Um... He's been at their club for quite a while. Mm. Um, probably Argentinian, him, but um, <laughs> he hasn't uh, been one of the starters for a long, long no. time. Probably the last three or four seasons. Uh, Sergio, oh, actually, maybe anyway. Don't Sergio worry. Romero, second or third in line goalkeeper. Well, would be third now. And Dean Henderson's back. Um, interest has been shown from Boca Juniors for Rojo, Argentina. Makes sense. 
and also Odion Gallo, who joined uh, last season for a 12-month loan, will return to his parent club at the end of January. And that's all we have for Transfer Whispers this week. Now we move on to the fixtures and our tipping for this week. We start off with the rest of Premier League match week 18. First match is Sheffield United taking on Newcastle United on Wednesday the 13th of January at 5am at Bramble Lane. I am going to go with a 2-1 to Newcastle United. I've gone with a 2-0 Newcastle United win. So keep, in mind, keep in mind that you need to make up a lot of ground. I do, indeed. The next match is Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Everton on Wednesday, the 13th of January at 7.15am at the Molyneux. And I'm going with Everton to win 2-0. I've gone with a 2-1 Wolves win. The next match is Burnley taking on Manchester United on Wednesday, the 13th of January at 7.15am. Uh, this is... a rematch I'd say or a postponed match Um, this could see Manchester United go to the top of the Premier League before they face Liverpool the following match week Um, it is at Turf Moor and I am going to say that they're going to draw with Burnley what's the score going to be 1-1 I've gone with a as much as I don't want to say this 3-1 Manchester United win the next match is Manchester City taking on Brighton Hove Albion on Thursday, the 14th of January at 5am. I'm going to say Manchester City to win 3-1. Gone 3-2, Man City. The next match is Aston Villa taking on Tottenham Hotspur on Thursday, January the 14th at 7.15am at Villa Park. And I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1 to Tottenham. Same. The next match is Arsenal taking on Crystal Palace on Friday, the 15th of January at 7am at the Emirates. And I'm saying that it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Same. Now we move on to the matches that we'll cover for Premier League Match Week 19 this week. Um, yeah. It's weird how they've done this. Uh, match Week 18 pretty much been split. Yeah. And then they'll play Match Week 19 uh, and then the rest of Match Week 18, which... Anyway, the yes. match week starts off with a West London derby with, the, or should I say, the West London derby, with Fulham taking on Chelsea on Saturday the 16th of January at 7am at Craven Cottage, and I'm going to go Chelsea to win 3-0. I've gone Chelsea to win 3-1. The next match is Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on West Bromwich Albion on Saturday, January 16th at 11.30pm at the Molyneux, and I'm going to say Wolves are going to win this 3-0. 3-0 again. I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves. The next match is Bro- Leeds United taking on Brighton and Hove Albion on Sunday, January the 17th at 2am and I'm saying at Allen Road and I'm saying Leeds are going to win 5-1. <laughs> I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. The next match is West Ham United taking on Burnley, Burnley on Sunday, January the 17th at 2am at the London Stadium, and I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1 to West Ham. I've gone 3-1 West Ham. The next match is Aston Villa taking on Everton on Sunday, January the 17th at 4.30am at Villa Park. I'm going to say Everton is going to win two goals to one. I've gone with a 2-2 draw. The next match is Leicester City taking on Southampton on Sunday the 
17th of January at 7am at King Power Stadium. Uh, I think Southampton will get over Leicester, but only 1-0. And I think, yeah, they'll continue their run from their win against Liverpool. I've gone with a 1-1 draw. (laughs) The next match is Sheffield United taking on Tottenham Hotspur on Monday the 18th of Jan. Urary at 1am <laughs> at Bramall Lane and I think Tottenham will win comfortably three goals to one. Ooh, I've done three nil Tottenham. The next match is Liverpool taking on Manchester United. The battle for the top potentially um, or it will be the battle for the top yeah. even if uh, Manchester United lose. Yeah, winner would stay top or go top. Uh, yep. On well, depending Monday, if they beat if Burnley. You draw it. If they lose to Burnley they will... On Monday, January the 18th at 3.30am at Anfield. Could the run be broken? Possibly. I mean, every week at any time they play at Anfield, it could be broken. Could be broken, yes. But I'm going to say Liverpool are going to win this two goals to one. Same. Glad we agree. And the last match that we will be tipping for this week is Manchester City taking on Zaha's Crystal Palace. (laughs) Uh, No, Crystal Palace at on Monday... The 18th of January at 6.15am at the Etihad. And I think City will win 4-0. I've gone 2-0. And I think one thing we should mention now because of we're seeing a lot of postponements. Um, most, or we won't say most, but uh, some games may be postponed due it to more COVID. Likely yeah, it is more yeah. likely now. Uh, now that they're in... Well, a lockdown as well. They're in a two-year four. Or most They're in, in a, another lockdown, yep. Uh, yeah, so hopefully not, but we may see some of those games postponed, which will only condense the fixture even more. Yeah. So as we said at the start of the video... Sorry, so as we said... the fixture, sorry. I yeah, video. as we said at the start of the podcast, um, we didn't get any... None of us got any right for the only match that we tipped last week. Yes. And so the, sto- the scores remain Tom 158 and me. Ryan, on 136 um, points. So, yeah, now we'll move on to yes or no. Now it's time for yes or no. If you're new to the podcast, the way yes or no works is Tom and I will each ask each other three different questions. Either Tom will go first or I'll go first, and we can simply only answer with yes or no. No explanations, nothing but yes or no. Tom, would you like to go first? No. All right, I shall go first then. Uh, my first question to you, Tom, is does Frank Lampard deserve more time at Chelsea? Yes. My first question to you is will Tottenham break a 13-year drought and win the EFL Cup? No. My second question is is there any chance realistically that we will see a resurgence of Sheffield United this season? No. My second question to you is Will Arsenal be the most active club in this transfer window? No. My last, my final question is, is Mesut Ozil a modern great at Arsenal Football Club? No. My final question to you is, from this stage, will Arsenal finish above Leeds in the Premier League? No. And that was yes or no. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. Uh, you can follow us for updates of 
football and us on our Twitter page at GZ underscore football. You can follow Shoppy at Twitter at RP underscore shop. And you can follow myself at Thomas Hayes underscore. All our contacts and references are in the description of this podcast. Uh, And that's about it. Thanks for listening. Ciao.